Welcome to the Locked On Bills podcast. My name is Jason Shannon. I'm one of your normal co-hosts, especially early in the week. Usually here, Kevin Masseri with me as well. He is still on podcast paternity leave with his new beautiful son, healthy son, uh, just enjoying life at his fullest right now. I'm sure he's going to be back soon. I know he's he's itching to talk bills again, but he's got some new parental duties. So I'm, I'm going to fly this one solo today. Uh, Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and that is what I'm giving you. We're talking bills today. I'm starting off with some of the more recent moves after after the cuts happened. There were waiver claims. Uh, a, a new depth chart came out with a team uh, or from the team. Uh, sometimes you take that with a grain of salt. I think there's some things that they're maybe uh, stretching a little, maybe leaving guys uh, ahead on the depth chart for now based on not getting anybody's feelings hurt. But there are a few interesting developments from that. Uh, we did claim two two players it was also very interesting to see who did get claimed uh we had as many team or as many players claimed that uh we cut as the saints for first in the league with four which is interesting you'd usually think that's a sign of a really uh strong roster who had to make a lot of big decisions on cuts and just about everybody ranked us 32nd this week in their power rankings after nathan peterman got named the starter uh, meanwhile, the Saints are somewhere between first and sixth on most people's with the dynamic offense. But I'll, I'll move on from that. We're not analyzing the Saints today. Going through through a few of their uh, their early moves, and then we're going offense. We're going defense. I'm gonna tell you what I think of the roster. I'm gonna make some predictions here, and then later in the week, uh, we're going we're going game preview. We're playing at the Ravens, but I figured we should dedicate one more episode on cuts where we are right now on the roster so uh let's go uh first off uh, off on the bat we claim two players uh from new england ryan lewis who's a cornerback uh he was i believe drafted or got into camp either way he was either a late round or undrafted free agent with arizona got cut in their training camp last year uh got picked up with new england and you know didn't make those final cuts so we picked him up. I don't really know much about him. Six foot, one ninety-five from Pittsburgh. Twenty-four years old. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of game action, but clearly they, the the Bills saw something out of him, and they're gonna give him a, a, a at least a look. I can see a lot of these moves being made as far as maybe he doesn't dress and they get a couple weeks of practice on him, and then you move on to the next guy, or maybe they like what he does. We we seem to make a move. A move or two pretty much every week of the season last year where we kind of were filtering those guys in and out you get a guy who stays for a couple weeks you end up getting a Marcus Murphy uh, or you have a guy like Connor McDermott who they signed right at the beginning of the year after cuts and didn't dress him all year they just wanted to watch the guy see him in practice um, you know have him on the bench in case they need him uh, the other guy is Corey Bajorquez I believe I have that right. A punter. And this is very interesting. He just got off of uh, his college career playing at New Mexico. Uh, had a had a productive career. Uh, almost half, his, half of his kicks going 50 yards or more. Gross average of better than 47 yards, which if we got that, that would be an improvement for this team. Uh, 32 of 67 punts downed inside the opponent's 20-yard line. 
So he was a good college punter. I, I find it interesting, though, because he, he was the backup punter in this situation uh, in, in, in training camp and such for the Patriots, and they didn't let him kick. So this must have been a guy that he was on our uh, on our radar for a while. We, I, I'm assuming we knew that they were going to cut this guy, and they cut Colton Schmidt and, and John Ryan for him. Uh, they cut John Ryan earlier, and then through the waiver process, ended up cutting Colton Schmidt. Who knows? They give this guy two, you know, a look for two weeks. I don't think anybody's signing Colton Schmidt. So they could just go back to him. I remember we had a shuffle with Mormon back in the day where we had caught him and everybody was outraged, and then we brought him back, and he really wasn't very good. Um, but it's it's one of those things you can basically play fantasy team with your punter. It, you know, only 32 of them get jobs, so they're going to give him a look. I guess they trust things that he can make it happen for at least a couple of weeks with a hope that he sticks around and he's the, the long-term punter of this team. So we'll see. They've, they've obviously had done their research on him. This seems like this was a planned move or at least a planned move. If things didn't work well between Schmidt and Ryan, I mean, I think it really just tells you that they had punter in, in flux. They went and took a look at Ryan's, you know, didn't like what they saw apparently no more than, than Seattle did. And, uh, yeah, you, you just, you have to keep trying at it. If, if they're, they have a bad week, I mean, Schmidt had plenty of bad weeks. So I, I, I like to see the, um, the thought process and sort of the effort to at least try to improve at that position. And this really would have been a big day for Kevin to be here. Cause he's been talking about that for a while. Uh, Moving on, I think something that was interesting that I had gotten on before was the, the guys that the Bills cut, four of them got picked up through waivers, uh, and some of them were pretty popular. Vallejo had multiple guys after him, Tanner Vallejo. I put him on this team. I knew he was a bubble guy. He was probably my 53rd guy on the roster. I preferred him a little bit to Julian Stanford um, just as a younger player. I think he's a decent athlete. I would have liked to see, but but I'm not going to get broke up about it. Uh, so the Browns ended up getting Tanner Vallejo over a couple other teams. Kalen Clay uh, went to the Giants. I think that was an interesting situation where he just turned out to be really similar to a lot of guys that the Bills had in camp. Uh, he probably had a little bit of veteran money too, especially over some of the undrafted free agents guys. Obviously, some of the receivers that they kept were still surprising. A lot of people are surprised about uh, Ray Ray McLeod making this team. I predicted that he would be on the team. However, Robert Foster has been a shock to just about everyone. I still thought that he was a priority UDFA guy, but I did not think that he would be our sixth receiver on the team. And in fact, uh, Cam Phillips ended up being our priority uh, practice squad guy. I don't know why I said UDFA guy. I guess I guess he's both, or he could have been both. Um, Adam Redman went to the Cowboys. The Cowboys might be a little shaky this year, guys. Uh, there's a lot of things that are trending down for them. I'm just going to say it early. It's no grand prediction. They still have uh, some t really talented guys on their team, but a lot of the places where they were completely rock solid, they're starting to show you know, a little bit of gaps in it. And I'm saying, not saying that claiming Adam Redman means that. Uh, I think he's a pretty decent player who you know, maybe we should have given a bigger shot. 
Um, but yeah, uh, Adam Redman's cowboy. And then uh, offensive guard, a little bit offensive tackle, Ike Boker, uh, who we really liked and thought he was rising up the team. We thought he was a prime uh, practice squad guy. The Chiefs ended up claiming him. So they must have liked what they, they saw too as far as that went. Um, moving on, I, I, I just like to talk about uh, one of our sponsors today, my bookie. Uh, ever since I, I you know started doing this podcast or you know really my whole life, people have been asking me for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is I don't know who's gonna win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys. They are the best bet this season. So, here it is. Join now, and my bookie will match your d- deposit dollar for dollar if you use promo code locked on to activate this offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. I can still spell. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. It's that simple. Uh, moving on, back to the Bills uh, and all of the exciting things going on right now with this team. Uh, the Bills released a little bit of a depth chart today. Uh, a, a team released one, or at least the uh, you know the PR team one, the one that goes on the website. And I gotta say, most of it looks pretty accurate as far as things go. I think they maybe fudged a few things, but. Uh, overall, I, I, I do think that this is going to be the team that they're looking at uh, going into week one and probably where really the, the distribution of uh, time is going to be and they're not you know really lying about it. Um, you know, Nathan Peterman's our quarterback. Josh Allen's our second quarterback. There's a lot of rumor about guys coming in to uh, throw. There was some Connor Cook rumors. I believe the Paxton Lynch stuff was true. So... They're still looking for a third guy. I don't necessarily think that an A.J. McCarron trade was... I mean, it means that we didn't see him fully in our plans. But to get some of that money off the books and take back a fifth, I think had that had that offer not been on the table and had John Gruden not been in the league, I think A.J. McCarron might still be on this team or maybe we trade him for a seventh or whatever. But I don't necessarily think it was... 100% that we're, we were going to get rid of him. I do think if we can get a third quarterback on this team that has some sort of potential, or even on the other way, a, a real veteran guy, considering we have two two quarterbacks with like a, a game and a half of, you know, two full games of NFL play uh, on our roster so far. So maybe a veteran guy is another way to look too. I don't think Paxton Lynch really represents that, but you know what? A lot of people are freaking out, but sometimes you just got to kick tires and just see what a guy's got and see if he was in a bad situation and, you know, whatnot. Uh, moving on, running back. Uh, LaShawn McCoy listed one, Ivory two, Murphy three, Taiwan Jones fourth. I'm glad at least they put Murphy at three and um, didn't lie about the fact that Taiwan Jones was going to get carries over him. He's not. I think it's very interesting if you look at it further down the depth chart where they have Marcus Murphy kick returning and punt returning right now. Now, I can't say that that's 
permanent. I think it could have something to do with the Ray Ray McLeod injury. I doubt he'll be suiting up in week one or even week two with, um, I believe it's an MCL injury. Uh, but if they're going to kick return and punt return uh, Marcus Murphy, that means he's going to be on the the 47 guys who play. And I think he's going to be getting carries in games. Uh, McCoy isn't a guy that's going to carry the ball 25 times in a game anymore. And I think he's going to take some Chris Ivory carries. I really do. I think Chris Ivory might still be used in bigger back situations, even though Marcus Murphy looks all the bit, uh, you know, a man at the running back position. Uh, it's going to be, but it's going to be interesting to see. And I, yeah, I wouldn't doubt that Marcus Murphy's the the real RB two in just a few short weeks. Maybe their intention right now is Ivory. Maybe their intention is to ease Murphy into getting more carries. He's very new uh, to such a prominent role at this point. But I think Murphy's probably going to be the plan, and if he's not the plan at running back two, he's going to force himself in. I, I really do believe that. Patrick DeMarco, fullback. Done. At receiver, I'm glad to see Zay Jones at wide receiver two, uh, starting outside with Kelvin Benjamin. I think he's shown enough athleticism and shown that maybe he can be the kind of guy that people expected him to be when he got drafted. He's going to have to do a lot. 36th overall with a, with a trade-up is pretty hefty. you got to be a starting wide receiver to justify that at that point or you know a really heavily used slot. And I think he could do it. I, I do think he has the talent. I thought what he showed in college was more indicative of what he showed last year. I think injuries really slowed him down. I don't know where those drops came from. Uh, I, I'm hoping that he's refocused because I do think that that's going to be uh, his biggest obstacle. I don't think it's his physical or wide receiver talent at all. I think he can play in this league. Moving on, slot's going to be Jeremy Curley. Uh, Andre Holmes is probably going to be on game day rosters because of special teams. Uh, and I think he'll get some situational stuff again where he's you know, doing red zone stuff, playing third motion tight end uh doing stuff where you can use his size and his height i don't think he's an outside re- uh, receiver that can separate anymore some people still try to argue with me about that but i don't know if you watch him on a play-to-play basis he doesn't look like um he's got that type of athleticism anymore but they really like the guy uh in his usefulness on special teams is going to be good um i, I think so uh, moving on, uh, Ray Ray McLeod and Robert Foster. Both surprises to some people. Foster definitely was. I, and I was higher on Foster than a lot of people. I thought that he was the more likely guy than Cam Phillips the whole time, which a lot of people thought the opposite. And maybe even I had a couple other guys, certainly Austin Prohl, uh, who shouldn't have been drafted and didn't seem he like he could even touch the field, uh, even in practice. But they see something in Foster. The Dable thing doesn't hurt at all. The fact that he was the offensive coordinator for him last year. He brought him along. He obviously saw some talent in him. Um, It'll be interesting to see if he dresses on game days early on. Whether he's just a a spot right now. Maybe they'd like to hold on to him a little longer. Um when waivers get a little less crazy and everybody's not looking for guys, maybe they think they can sneak them along and put them back on the practice squad. Uh, teams do that all the time. 
so so we'll see what their plan is for him. And I do think they like McLeod's special teams ability, um, his kick returning. He showed that in the preseason. And he flashed a little bit of receiver potential, too, with a touchdown. That rocket from Josh Allen. Uh, we'll see. I, I think they're really optimistic on him, and I, I think that's why they drafted him in the sixth round and not Cam Phillips or even Robert Foster. So I was pretty certain that he was he they were going to give him at least a shot here. Tight end. Uh, maybe the most interesting thing on this depth chart Charles Clay one, Jason Kroom number two, and I don't, I don't think that that's would have been crazy to in practice, but I'm very surprised that they already put that on the depth chart, uh, that they didn't put Logan Thomas number two, uh, based on seniority or even Kari Lee, who they might be using in multiple tight end situations as a blocker. And it'll be interesting to see if Kari Lee makes the makes the active rosters. I think he probably will, uh, based on his blocking. I think they might want to use a guy like that. I could see a guy like Logan Thomas maybe uh, getting passed over a couple weeks. I don't think he's all quite there yet. I still think his tight end potential is too interesting as a young person at the position, as a lifetime quarterback. Um, the size and athleticism he has is, is pretty cool. So I like keeping that guy around, but I'm not sure he's all the way there yet. And I think apparently they think that Jason Kroom is more there yet at this point. Offensive line, uh, it's the offensive line at four positions was the same all offseason with Dawkins, Dukas on one side, Miller and Mills on the other side, and the battle between Russell Bodine and Ryan Groy, which Ryan Groy has apparently won as of now. I think his NFL career has proved that he's a little bit of a better lineman than Bodine. Um, I wasn't very optimistic about Bodine. He, he, I mean, he started a lot of games in Cincinnati, but really graded out really poorly. Got picked on by other teams. We'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, I want to believe in anybody, but right now, I really can't believe in anybody with how this line's played in the preseason. It's it hasn't been shocking because I'd, I'd have to be dumb to be shocked, but I was more optimistic than this, and just about everything's gone wrong where you could be looking at a liability at four out of five of the positions. Uh, Newhouse made the team. Teller made the team. We expected that. We expected both centers to make the team. Uh, there's no backup right guard listed. I'm guessing that... Brian Groy's probably the backup right guard uh, if Miller went down and then Bodine would move up. Could definitely see some shifting like that. Uh, and then Connor McDermott made the team. I didn't really think there was a chance. I thought he was a strong practice squad consideration. It doesn't look like he's ready, but he's definitely still a physical talent. Is a big guy that, kind, that can kind of move. I just haven't seen the strength or the pass blocking or really any... NFL lineman trade that says he should get on the field right now. But I, I think things are going to start off for him like they did last year where he's just not going to be on the active roster on game days. He's going to be there week to week as an emergency guy or the ho hope that he develops a little bit, and, and I hope he does. Uh, I just wanted to take a quick break to talk about uh, uh, the Locked On Sports Network, uh, the Locked On Podcast Network. Lots of great shows. 
every team in the NFL, NBA, baseball, the college football lineup is just, you know, individual teams is just loading up right now. There's a new show every day. And also the draft podcast. I think the Lockdown Draft podcast is a great podcast. I've been listening to it for over a year. I think those guys have really stepped up. Uh, what they're doing right now is an, not that they weren't doing a great job before, but they got a really early jump and a ton of early evaluations on a lot of guys all year round. They're watching a lot of games right now, and it, it, you go into the pre-season process and you have a certain amount of guys that you're like, all right, these are the guys that carry over from last year. And then week one happens, and suddenly there's whole new stars uh, popping up out of nowhere. Guys who you thought were going to be no-brainers are suddenly on teams where you're like, I don't know if this team's very good or well-coached. They might not be able to show a lot this year. So... I you know locked on uh, draft podcast is definitely one to listen to if you just want to stay in touch with it um, you know what's going on so when the draft rolls around you don't have to go and watch uh, clips of 200 guys or full games of 200 guys or those massive offensive cutups of 300 guys to figure out you know who's who in this draft right now you can be an expert by just taking little bites of uh, information at a time 20 minutes a day uh to, to stay good with it that's what i did last year i think i knew a lot more about the draft by listening to these guys as i did in just about any other season so uh yeah i just give a shout out to them uh moving on to more bills the eight guys who got kept at the defensive line position are the eight guys that you would have said four weeks ago five weeks ago there was starting to be a little bit of doubt that um or a, a, a little more added intrigue in keeping a fifth defensive tackle due to, due to kyle williams's injury we'll see how that goes it looks like uh, some sort of rotation of harrison phillips and adolphus washington is going to be good enough for them but it was also learned that they put in multiple uh waiver claims for defensive linemen so i don't think they're done yet it's interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see who they release in that situation. Certainly, one of those receivers would be likely. Maybe a guy like Lafayette Pitts. Maybe you turn through Ryan Lewis already. Um, but I do think a defense lineman will be added and probably play pretty quickly if they do decide to do so. I tend to think it's going to be on the defensive uh, or the interior defensive lineman, but we'll we'll see about that. Uh, I still think it's a pretty pretty decent to solid unit uh it's gonna really come down to whether we get health and production out of murphy and whether we get health and production and effort and all that stuff out of out of shack lawson i think those guys are going to be pretty important i still think that they definitely can do it i mean murphy's even expected to do it but uh you know we'll see uh, about that Linebacker was exactly the six were exactly how most people predicted it. I put Vallejo in there instead of Stanford. I still hold true to what I said on, on my last solo podcast, which is uh, Lacey, Stanford, Humber. I could see any of those guys get moved out, you know, into free agency for another guy. I, I don't think anybody was particularly impressive uh, in the preseason, uh, but certainly they like. You know, this coaching staff likes Lacey and Humber for sure. I mean, they've been around now since the start of them being there, basically. Humber was even 
a Whaley guy. Um, but I do think there could be some movement at this position. They, it definitely feels like the full backup linebacker crew is sort of special team city uh, with a little bit of ability to play some linebacker. But, you know, with Lorenzo aging a little and also you know, playing on all the special teams teams, you, you'd like to have a guy behind him that was capable. Uh, Matt Milano, I thought, really struggled early in the preseason. I think he kind of turned it around. Uh, I'm still hopeful for him. And Edmonds, like, not a guarantee that he's going to have a great season this year. I saw everything that indicates he's exactly where he should be right now. And every time I make the statement, I say the date. On September 4th, 2018, Tremaine Edmonds is exactly where he should be or even better. Looks like a fantastic athlete, little slow to read stuff, sometimes gets caught up in blocks. He's got all of the speed and the the physical ability in the world, and you see him flash on some of those plays. So you really do want to see consistency, but I can't expect consistency right now out of a 20-year-old where everybody knew that that was going to be something that didn't happen immediately. But he seems like an incredibly intelligent dude that's already you know, took over a lot of responsibility in terms of leading this defense. And everybody who practices with him, everybody who coaches him, uh, they all see it, and they see it a lot more than I get to see it. So I'm, I'm taking the word for it right now, and certainly everything I've seen on tape tells me that uh, he, he's a guy to, to he's going to be the guy that you were hoping to, him to be. It, it might not happen game one, but I really do. You know, I'd put I'd put my word, my uh, my my top dollar on, on Tremaine Edmonds becoming a, a great football event player eventually cornerbacks uh trey white and vontae davis are expected to start as they were you know as soon as vontae davis got signed philip gaines and and taron johnson are next this bills uh depth chart doesn't denote a nickel corner so it's still unclear who has won that position i kind of think it's going to be taron johnson the rookie uh fourth round pick I think you could see some Philip Gaines there. I think they were very interested in getting Philip Gaines inside and outside as sort of a guy who can do both in a pinch. Because we did see situations last year uh, where EJ Gaines went down and we had guys that were completely unprepared to play on the outside. I don't need to put anybody who doesn't work for us on or work for the Bills on blast anymore. You know who you are. You weren't very good at outside corner last year. You probably made EJ Gaines look a lot better because you weren't very good, and there was a huge difference between when he played or not. Uh, Lafayette Pitts made this team from the jump. He's still on the team today. We'll see. I thought that was going to be a Breon Borders spot. I, I thought he he had looked better the whole time. A lot of people even thought it was going to be a Levi Wallace spot. Again, the Alabama connection, a story that I think a lot of people liked. Uh, showed good at times and was a good college corner still out there right now um or i mean well now now we have him but um you know we decided to roll with pits so we'll see and then we picked up brian lewis who can't say i know a lot about and hopefully we we kind of don't know a lot about him early because <laughs> uh, that means somebody probably got injured Four safeties. I did not have the fortitude to predict Dean Marlowe getting cut. It seems so crazy to think about a month ago that I wouldn't go out on a 
Lemon picked Dean Marlowe getting cut, a guy that I probably just heard of at that time. Uh, but I think a lot of people were really set on him being on the second team, his connection with McDermott, the glowing things that McDermott said about him. I thought by the end of the preseason, uh, Sharon Neal was playing better anyways. So I, two weeks ago it was a stretch where I was kind of like, we should keep Neal based on the potential. He's definitely not there yet. I think by the end of things he just was our fourth best safety. He's a little undisciplined. Those were things that we knew. Uh, he's a really good athlete. I think he can be instinctive and also might provide a little bit of sort of big nickel three safety on the field uh, a look if he is a guy that dresses on game day um yeah and then you have Hyde Poyer and Bush uh special teams got Hauschka no surprise got Bajorquez uh giant surprise but you know what we're trying something I'm, I'm gonna let them try something for a couple weeks uh this guy who didn't even punt in preseason <laughs> Uh, he's also our holder, apparently, which they they listed it, not me. But I guess he can just jump right in there and hold. Holding always, you know, I never got to hold when I played. Um, I guess because I never punted or played quarterback or anything. Holding seems like it would take some practice where you couldn't just jump him in like, you know, five days before game day and just be like, yeah, I assume he's going to be the holder. But I guess he better better learn quick or maybe it's just so instinctive to him maybe they watched his holding snaps uh and decided that uh kickoff return punt return both belong to marcus murphy right now which means he is dressing on game day and he's taking that number two running back spot eventually eventually he's going to do it i think he's going to eat into some ivory carries very early on and i think he's going to show to be the better running back of the two right now in 2018 marcus murphy like that guy uh curly taiwan jones ray ray mcleod all listed behind him again i had said maybe ray ray mcleod is in the plans to return in the future but i don't think he's going to play the first couple weeks uh with the injury he got in the fourth preseason game long snapper reed ferguson and harrison phillips still look listed at second team long snapper what a gritty guy that's it for the locked on bills uh, these solo podcasts are fun for me, but even more fun when I have my, my co-host. So, you know, I'm hoping he comes back soon, but he, he can take his time. But I do think I, I think if we made it to the end here, uh, we we made some momentum up. I think I gained some momentum uh, once I got into the roster and, and such. You know, it's, it's hard to train for this, to just do 30 minutes by yourself. But, you know, I had a lot of fun doing it. I hope I get to do more of these. And I hope that uh, I get to talk with uh, all of the other wonderful co-hosts very soon. Uh, My name is Jason Shannon. Thank you guys for listening to me.